98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive says she's to blame for more than a half a year of civil unrest, but promises to fix things. The stock market ends the year in positive territory despite a sagging economy and months of protests. And experts investigate a possible SARS outbreak in Wuhan. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she bears unshirkable responsibility for the more than half a year of protests in Hong Kong this year. In a three-minute video, she promised to listen humbly and find a way out of the deadlock. Wendy Wong has more. 2019, In the video titled Treasure Hong Kong, our home released on Carrie Lam's Facebook page on the last day of 2019, she acknowledged the protests sparked by her attempts to amend extradition laws made people heartbroken, anxious, disappointed and angry. She said as the chief executive, she bore unsurkable responsibility for this. She said the government would uphold the one country, two systems principle and the rule of law while trying to find a way out of the deadlock. Mrs. Lam said Hong Kong people had in the past overcome a lot of difficulties with persistence and wisdom. She believed they could do the same this time, adding that she hoped Hong Kong could restart and society could reconcile in the new year. Several top officials, including the financial secretary, Paul Chan, secretary for labor and welfare, Lord Chi Kuang, and Housing Secretary Frank Chen also appeared in a video to talk about what the government is doing to help the business sector improve people's livelihood and increase housing supply. The organiser of tomorrow's anti-government rally says momentum for the movement has transformed since the recent district council elections. Eric Lai, the vice convener of the Civil Human Rights Front, says people realise the need to fight not just on the streets but in everyday life, such as in the workplace. He says 42 pro-democracy trade unions will set up booths at the rally to encourage people to join and recognise the importance of collective power in sustaining the movement. I think the momentum is transforming. In particular, after the district council elections, people realise that we need to fight in every battlefield, not only on the streets or on the assemblies. In their everyday life, in their workplace, in the community, these are also the battlefields that to innovate and to transform our community into a more democratic and more resilient manner. The former governor of the Path of Democracy think tank says, expe- says he expects the political uncertainty to continue next year. But Raymond Mack says whether there will be more violence will depend partly on an interim report from the police watchdog, the IPCC, early next year, looking at the policing of the protests since they broke out in June. Mr Mack also says the government needs to address the public's demands for a commission of inquiry if it wants to end the crisis. He says even changing cabinet ministers at this stage may not be enough. Setting up the COI, the Commission of Inquiry, is the most important um, solution that government must address. Over the past six months, it has been the top priority of all the surveys and probably is the common goal and the common request from all walks of people in Hong Kong. And definitely after the COI, then there will be a more discussion about the social economic problems and also the restore of our universal suffrage discussion. The Polytechnic University Staff Association has urged management to make it clear whether the campus is safe for it to return to. The Hong Kong University was severely damaged during clashes between protesters and police in November, but partially reopened this month. More buildings were reopened today. But staff and students seeking entry were required to sign a letter of understanding of the risks involved as the campus is still under repair. The vice chairman of the staff association, Rodney Chu, says it'll write to management to ensure that staff aren't forced to return. 
However, the Polytechnic University said internal safety checks show that some of the buildings and laboratories in the campus are safe and staff can choose to return to campus, work from home or use temporary offices. Responding to media inquiries, the university says it asked staff to sign a letter of understanding before entering the campus only so they show that they understood the risks involved in returning to the campus. Mainland State Broadcaster CCTV says a group of medical experts have arrived in the city of Wuhan this morning to investigate a suspected case of severe acute respiratory syndrome, or SARS. Priscilla Ng reports. The Wuhan Municipal Health Commission said a number of clinics and hospitals in the city have reported patients with pneumonia and the cause is unknown, adding that they have immediately been isolated and closely monitored. Those infected are all believed to have visited a seafood market in the city. Some mainland media have also quoted sources from Shanghai's Tongji University as saying that the new cases of pneumonia and the SARS virus appear to be very similar, with both belonging to the coronavirus category. The SARS epidemic in 2003 infected more than 1,700 people in Hong Kong and killed 286. The disease, which is from the same family of viruses as the common cold, emerged in Guangdong province at the end of 2002. It spread to more than 30 countries, infecting over 8,000 people, with 744 deaths in total. The government is expanding its colorectal cancer screening program to residents aged between 50 and 75. Previously, only those between 61 and 75 could have a subsidised test. Since the program's launch in 2016, more than 1,100 participants have been diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Overseas, and the former head of Renault-Nissan, Carlos Ghosn, is reported to have skipped bail in Japan and fled to the Lebanese capital, Beirut. Mr. Ghosn was ousted as head of Nissan in November last year and faces trial on charges of financial misconduct. Officials in Tokyo have told Japanese media they're trying to confirm the reports. Here's the BBC's Grant Ferret. Mr. Ghosn said he would no longer be held hostage by what he called a rigged legal system in Japan in which guilt was presumed and basic human rights denied. He argued that he'd not fled justice but had instead escaped injustice and political persecution. It's unclear how he was able to leave Tokyo, where he'd been living under strict bail conditions. Until his arrest in November last year, Mr Ghosn was one of the most powerful figures in the global car industry. 4,000 people have taken refuge on a beach in the Australian state of Victoria as bushfires fanned by high winds approach. A fire rescue spokesman said the town of Malakuta in East Gippsland was under attack by the flames. A local resident, David Jeffries, said the immediate threat had now passed. We were bracing for the worst because the it was black, like it should have been daylight, and it was black like midnight. And we could hear the fire roaring. Then I heard the sirens, which I knew had hit town, and um, the wind hadn't gone catastrophic. It was sort of like, not still, but it was moving you know, slower. And I just said, Lord, please, you've got to stop it. Please, please can you do something? Heterosexual couples in England and Wales will be able to enter into civil partnerships from today, giving them almost the same rights as people who are married. It follows a long legal battle by a couple who argued it was unfair that the option was only open to same-sex partners. Here's the BBC's Clive Coleman. 
Five years after being refused permission to give notice of a heterosexual civil partnership, Rebecca Steinfeld and Charles Keaton will, finally, become civil partners. Their conscientious objection to marriage led to a lengthy legal battle, culminating in a unanimous Supreme Court ruling last year that the law was discriminatory. The government changed the law, opening such a union to the majority of the UK's 3.3 million cohabiting couples. India's Meteorological Authority has confirmed that the north of the country, including the capital Delhi, is experiencing one of its coldest spells in over a century. Here's the BBC's David Bamford. Recent days have seen the temperature in Delhi drop to an almost unprecedented two and a half degrees Celsius, and the mean maximum temperature for December is expected to be just a shade above 19 degrees. It's only been that low once in the last hundred years, and that was in 1973. The cold weather has brought dense fog, which, combined with city pollution, has sharply reduced visibility. This has led to hundreds of flight cancellations and disruption to rail and road traffic. Chinese telecom giant Huawei says sales rose about 18% this year despite U.S. moves to restrict its business, but the figure was lower than expected. In an annual New Year's message to employees, the chairman Eric Zhu said survival was its first priority in 2020 and Huawei would go all out to build its mobile eco services ecosystem, its answer to Google Apps and Services, after it was banned from working with American firms over national security fears. The unlisted company estimated that annual sales would top $850 billion for 2019. The latest data from the National Bureau of Statistics shows China's factory activity grew for a second straight month in December. The Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, a key gauge of act activity in the country's factories, was at 50.2 in December, posting the same gain as the previous month. A reading above 50 signifies growth. The Bureau said demand ahead of the Chinese New Year holiday later this month underpinned the growth. And official figures show that property prices rebounded in November, ending a five-month losing streak. The Rating and Valuation Department said private home prices rose by 1.8% last month, following a 1.3% fall in October. Prices rose 4.7% year-on-year. The cost of small and medium-sized flats under 750 square feet rose the most, by an average of 1.9%. Private rents continued their downward trend and fell 0.8% last month. The Hang Seng Index has ended this year's trading after the close of a half-day session this morning. It fell 129 points to close at 28,189, with a turnover of $48.4 billion. For the year, the benchmark index rose over 9%, exceeding many analysts' expectations. One of them, Francis Lund from Geo Securities, called the stock market a survivor. He said everyone had expected it to plunge amid the economic downturn and ongoing social unrest. There must be some visible hand and invisible hand from the central government. I don't have any doubt about it. Despite the uh, social unrest, retail sector uh, crashed sharply and the tourism sector crashed. You would expect the Hong Kong economy to be steep in recession, but the true fact is for the financial market and the property market actually held up quite well. Looking forward, Mr. Lund says he expects the Hang Seng Index to make even bigger gains. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.7 yen, the euro is 1 US dollar and 12 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 21 cents. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
We start with football news. David Moyes says he has unfinished business at West Ham as he takes charge of the English Premier League club for the second time. Moyes replaces the sacked Manuel Pellegrini, who replaced him at the end of the 2017-18 season when his contract wasn't renewed. Moyes is hoping that doesn't happen again. I can extend it. There's a clause in there which can can extend it, and.、Uh, Look, do you know I'm really that thrilled to go again, and I'm going to make it impossible that the clause can't be implemented. That's for sure. So that's my that's my plan, and、uh, you know now it's for the players to carry it out. I certainly do feel as if I've got unfinished business. I really, really enjoyed my time here last time. I felt by the end of the time we had、uh, we had turned things around, gone in a real positive direction with the players. And I think the players would say that as well. And I think it says something an awful lot about the owners. And they've they've thought that the job with, that I did do with my staff were、uh, was good enough to to give me another opportunity. And this time I'm going to make it. Where there's no choice that they would always be wanting to renew in the future. Moyes guided West Ham to nine wins, ten draws from 31 games in his first spell, and led the club to Premier League safety. This time, he's on an 18-month contract. West Ham are just one point above the relegation zone. They host Bournemouth on New Year's Day. Now, the England cricket coach Chris Silverwood says he's proud of the character his side demonstrated in the face of adversity as they lost their first test to South Africa at Centurion. A total of 11 players and a handful of support staff have fallen ill at different parts of the trip. As the BBC's Adam Mountford reports from Johannesburg, they have more illness in the camp, with the second test starting on Friday. Opener Dominic Sibley is the latest player to develop sickness symptoms, making now 11 members of the squad who've suffered illness on the tour, plus six of the backroom staff. It's worrying for England that new cases continue to develop, with the Cape Town test only four days away. There's some better news with Chris Wokes and Jack Leach out of quarantine, whilst Joe Root and Joss Butler are said to also be improving. And Root is reported to have no injury issues. He looked in pain yesterday after being struck several times on the hands. The England squad fly to Cape Town tomorrow, with the second test starting on Friday. The Milwaukee Bucks are making a strong case for themselves as the team to watch in 2020. The NBA's Eastern Conference leaders ended the year with another victory, beating the Bulls in Chicago 123 to 102. Chris Middleton led the Bucks with 25 points. MVP Yanis Antetokounmpo added 23 on his return after missing two games with a sore back. The Bucks are the first team in the NBA to reach 30 wins. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says she's to blame for more than half a year of civil unrest, but promises to fix things. The stock market ends the year in positive territory despite a sagging economy and months of protest. And experts investigate a possible SARS outbreak in Wuhan. The news from RTHK.
to the 123 show. I'm Sadia Usmani. My thanks to James Ross for the morning brew. And I can't believe it. It's the last show of 2019. And it's a Tuesday. So on the show today,